Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast in which we talk about topics that help churches and ministries protect what God has called them to lead. I'm Marielle, and on today's episode, we will be talking about making a difference in your city this Christmas with Christine Beauvais, Digital Product Specialist at Start Church. Christine, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yay, thank you so much, Marielle. It's really amazing to be here. Thanks for letting me be a part. Well, it's always a joy to have you, Christine. And so today we're going to be talking about how the Christmas season is a great time to make an impact on your local community. You know, with the right resources and just a little creativity, you can bring the love and joy of Christ to make the season all the brighter for those in need. And we know that even though the holidays may look a little different this year, We want to empower you with the tools you need to get involved in making a difference in your city. So Christine, let's get started. And let's talk about ramping up community outreach. So can you share some ways churches and ministries can get involved in their communities this year? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really an amazing time and opportunity and Uh, for the church and even just ministries to be involved locally and even internationally. Um, But there are so many creative ways to be involved and really the sky's the limit in how you can be involved in serving others. So whether you're newly planted and you're just trying to get a break into the community or your ministry has been around for years and you're really established, serving locally has a profound impact and is so important to do that for the community. So that way the community, one, can also get invested in your church community, who you are, and they get to see your heart and more, most importantly, God's heart in how you serve and being the hands and feet of Jesus to these people during this time. So three ways uh, to get involved in your community are participate in community projects, cater to the needs of your community, and host an event or volunteer at a local event. And we'll kind of hash out more ideas as we get further along into this podcast, uh, but those are the top three right off the top. And uh, just to give a scripture of just something that really undergirds this whole concept of serving in the community is in Matthew 9, 37 through 38, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Yes, I love this verse. It's so foundational for making an impact on those God has placed around us. And it's such a great Mm -hmm. reminder that we are called to go out into the world and reach those in need. Um, There are so many people who need to know if God loves them. They're asking if God is even real. And we are meant to represent him by being his hands and feet, showing love in practical ways and meeting the needs um, of those in our community. 
That's so true. Absolutely. And so I also just want to suggest that churches and ministries can plan events that are also not necessarily church related to draw those in who do not yet know the love of Jesus. So these can be events such as like a concert, a block party, a parking lot cookout. Now I understand with COVID, a lot of these present some unique challenges. So probably a lot of these ideas will be better suited post COVID season, but uh, we'll talk through some ideas even for this Christmas holiday, how you can get involved in investing in your community and sharing the love of Jesus Christ and building those relationships. And so planning local outreach events are really excellent opportunities to create fun environments that include everyone in your community. So not just those currently involved in your church. So you wanna reach as many people as possible for the kingdom. So definitely do not be afraid to be creative with your ideas. And I also just wanna throw this in there that God has put a specific burden. I believe God has placed a specific burden for each church and ministry of just like what really inspires you to reach out. So whether that's single moms, kids in foster care systems, I mean, you name it, there's a specific burden I think God places on every community to go out and go help. So that's where a lot of your creativity can come into play as well is what burden has God given you and how can you work on filling the gap with that or for that during this Christmas season? Yeah. And so no matter the size or financial status of your church or ministry, there are so many ways you can have fun and reach out to your community. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, just like you're saying, Christine, every church, every ministry has a specific calling. And we all, as we all fulfill those certain things that God's placed in our heart, it's like we become this beautiful, like puzzle piece of God putting everything together so that we're meeting different needs and we're reaching different kinds of people. And it's really just a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. And um, so true. Just like you're saying, you know, you don't have to have a a huge financial budget to have an impactful outreach. You can keep it pretty simple and you will be amazed, you know, as you're letting your church members know or your community know about your, your heart, your vision to reach your community. You may be surprised at how much um, those people rise to the occasion to step in and provide resources to see your vision funded. So you don't have to do it alone, you know, as you're taking steps of faith, God is so faithful to provide. And, um, but at the same time, you know, we also have to keep in mind just different things to keep in place to make sure you're protecting your organization and stewarding your resources well and um, staying in compliance with the IRS. Which brings us to the next important aspect we want to cover when it comes to reaching uh, your community, and that is creating a solid benevolence program and establishing policies for your ministry. So, Christine, you are an expert on this topic. So <laughs> you really are. So I would love if you would just share um, a little bit about having the importance of having a benevolence policy in place. Yeah, it really is so important. So there's the heart and drive, the mission of what you want to do in the community. So you've got that idea in your head, um, church and ministry. So you know, or you have some sort of idea of how you want to impact the community. 
The important thing to remember is you want to give it a strong foundation and structure. And what I mean by that is you want to make sure how you are investing in your community, whether that's through resources or finances or even volunteer help, you wanna make sure it is protected and in compliance with the IRS and what is required of what the IRS calls benevolence. So this is a foundational topic when it comes to reaching your community. So by having a benevolence process in place, your organization can stay on the same page internally and keep, keep compliant with the IRS. So you want to establish a benevolence program, which also includes benevolence policies and policies related to that. So establishing a benevolent policy also helps create that structure I was referring to, and it holds people accountable for what is given, what kind of donations or um, objects or resources you are giving away. So ideally you want to have set up your benevolence program and have that in place before starting your community outreach. And if you're already doing community outreach, definitely work on getting your benevolence program set up so that what you are actively working on now falls under that umbrella. Cause <laughs> you know us in Star Church, we are very passionate about helping you all have a strong legal foundation and being protected. So establishing a benevolence program also allows your church and ministry to decide how you want to serve people. So are you looking to fill a more specific need such as assisting single mothers or children in foster care or the homeless? With a benevolence program, you can create a structure for helping solve the issues God has placed a burden on your heart. And so it's helpful to have a focus because really reality is you are not able to serve everyone. You, you just can't do it. And so the, and there are financial limitations to consider as well as restrictions and qualifications on the IRS and how they place those restrictions on benevolence donations. So just having the reality of you can't help everybody so you got to pick a focus. And so that goes back to my whole thing of what is the burden God has placed on your heart and how can you work to help solve that or serve that in your community? And so the IRS is very specific on who qualifies for benevolence assistance and defines someone in genuine need as a person who lacks the necessities of life involving physical, mental, or emotional well-being as a result of poverty or temporary distress. And that is an IRS definition um, of how they define who qualifies for benevolence. Right. And Christine, there are probably many pastors and ministers who didn't know that there were specific qualifications that needed to be met, um, you know, in regards to what the IRS requires for benevolence. Yeah. And um, as pastors and, and leaders of, of these organizations that are helping so many people, we know that your heart is truly to help as many people as you can. But, but as Christine was saying, you know, there will be people that you'll come in contact with and they're going to need true assistance, but you won't be able to help everybody. And so that's going to require you to say no sometimes. And we want you to know that that's okay. Um, we recommend that you point them to other organizations in your community that may be able to help them. And like we were saying earlier, this is why we are the body of Christ. 
piece because we, we, we truly rely on one another to complete um, the kingdom work. Yeah, so, yeah, so really, you know, all of this to say, um, it's really important to establish a program for benevolence to document and administer uh, the assistance to stand compliance with the IRS uh, for the ones that you serve. And so we want to let you know too, that if you're interested in learning more about starting your own benevolence program, we have an excellent resource for you. It's called Called to Care, and it's a software designed to help you create your own benevolence program. So if you want to learn more about this amazing software, head on over to startchurch.com slash called to care, and you can get started today. So with that said, um, let's talk about some more specific ideas, Christine, for how churches and ministries can reach their community as we approach Christmas. So what is first on our list? Yes. Yeah, so first on our list for ideas. So if you guys are who are all who are all listening, feel free to take notes. First idea is hosting a Christmas party which might be obvious, but it's one of the best ways to gather community together. So some people feel pressure when invited to church, but inviting them to a Christmas party, however, takes that pressure off and they are free to come, interact, have a good time. Hosting this kind of event also opens opportunities for them to want to come to a reg regular church service now that they know people and have made those connections and they even had a chance to get to know you as a church or you as a ministry, get to know who you are ahead of time. So that way, you know, it builds the relationship. So now they're more inclined to come and visit now that they've made those connections. And you can host a party of any kind at your church or local area and invite your community to come and participate. So this winter, your church can host an ugly sweater Christmas theme party with fun activities for kids, Christmas themed booths, food trucks, music, and more. Again, with social distancing being enacted, there are going to be some interesting challenges. However, I know it can be done. It also depends on which state you are in and how um, how your state is allowing certain gatherings to occur. So definitely abide by those. But that is one idea for you to enact, even if it's a smaller party or if you do like party pods or something like that with small groups and empowering those small groups to have little parties uh, to help foster more intimate community connections. Yes, I love those ideas, Christine. And I think that it's important that even though we're facing um, these different guidelines with social distancing, that we get really creative and we find ways to still cultivate community, especially during the holiday season, because we know that the holidays apart from a global pandemic are a time when many people feel isolated, alone, they may not have family. And so, um, yeah. We, we really encourage you to get as creative as you can um, to make, you know, some sort of a Christmas party or something work, maybe even a special kind of Zoom call or how uh, Christine used the term a party pod. There are so many different ways you can get creative so that people can feel like they have a place, a place to belong um, this Christmas because it'll bring so much joy and hope to those who are struggling. Yes. And, um, you know, with this in mind, we also know that this year with the pandemic has brought on a lot of financial hardships for those who are already struggling to pay their bills or keep food on the table or just different 
you know, groups of people that are struggling um, uh, to get their basic needs met. So this leads into our next idea for meeting the needs of your community this Christmas. And so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, community Christmas initiatives. Yes, this is great. This is a great topic. So the first idea we want to recommend to you is consider partnering with foster care systems in your city. They are very impacted, especially during COVID season with kids not being able to be in school, which a lot of them are on um, like government provided food uh, as well, like within schools and things like that. And they're part of the system. So they are relying on the government to place them in homes and things like that. So they might not always get what they need like toiletries or clothing or things like that. And so the fact of the matter is kids without families really need the love and hope of Jesus Christ. I mean, we all do, but can you just imagine being a child at this time of year without a family and going through all that heartache? So I definitely, I have a softer spot for kids that are in that kind of predicament, Um, but especially during the holidays that it's just so overwhelming and a lot going on. And so your church can participate in or host events for collecting the tangible needs. So your church can partner with the local shelters and foster care representatives to bring clothing, toiletries, toys, and more for kids during the Christmas season. And that also takes a little bit of the pressure off uh, on your ministry or your church and the fact of like coming up with things because the foster care representatives and um, leaders of those local shelters, they're going to know exactly what they need. And the church is generous and the church loves being invested and helping people out when they're in need. And so now there's a tangible, practical way for the church to come together, rally together and meet those needs. So this leads into our next idea, which is hosting a food drive. So whether through your benevolence program or a collection of offerings, your church or ministry can partner and help support local centers for providing for those in need. So local food banks are always looking for supplies and families acutely feel the need for food, especially during the holiday season. A lot of families and children rely on their schools to provide meals. I was mentioning this earlier. There's just such a felt need during holidays and during COVID because schools are out and they can't, people can't meet everywhere. And so with schools closed, many families are going without regular meals and local shelters may need those everyday everyday necessities in surplus because of the new um, added extra needs. And these needs could be like blankets, toiletries, clothing. I mean, you name it, they probably definitely need it or would appreciate having it. And so your church or ministry can help by partnering with those local shelters, taking stock of what's needed and mobilizing your community to either raise funds or go ahead and gather the supplies to help fill in the gap. And so partnering with other organizations is a great way to invest back into the community and support other organizations in their specific mission. Like we mentioned earlier, you aren't always able to assist everyone, but you can definitely support another organization that can help in the ways you aren't able to. So through your benevolence program, let's just say you guys have a felt need for single mothers, and that's how you specifically 
through your church are helping fill those needs, but you are noticing you're getting a lot of requests or a lot of need for um, uh, food donations. This is a great opportunity for you to partner with those local food banks and have that resource available for those who are asking. So now instead of saying, sorry, we can't help, you now have like a list of local food banks where you can go, oh, well, you live over here. This one's gonna be the closest one. We're partners with them. We help support them definitely go and they'll be able to help you. And so that way that still allows you to be able to help someone in need without having to kind of deviate from your focus. Yes, that's a great idea, Christine. And, you know, we just really encourage you to look into the resources that are in your city because you may be surprised at what is available and just having those, a list of references on hand will be so helpful in taking care of your city this Christmas. It's so true. And just to toss this in there, a list of counselors for people who have like COVID has brought a lot of extra anxiety and depression and a lot of people will need counseling or family counseling. You can have a whole referral list for that. Local shelters, anybody, shelters that help with homelessness. I mean, you can develop a full contact list and have those partnerships listed for when you get those kinds of requests. Partnering with other organizations is a really great way to invest in your community and still keep your boundaries and stick to your uh, stewarding of resources without always having to just always be a flat no. You can always point people in a different direction. Another idea to participate in uh, for Christmas initiatives for this year is Operation Christmas Child. So every year, Samaritan's Purse hosts an incredible project called Operation Christmas Child to provide gifts for children in need. Your community can come together to pack shoe boxes with supplies and presents from a list provided by the organization. And for those that are in the more stricter social distancing areas, you can host smaller pods of um, people gathering together to package the boxes, or you can even build a shoe box online at samaritanspurse.org, which I think is really awesome that you can be able to build that online. Yes. And, and then and I, I just want to add in here real quick yeah. that I, I double checked the website today and it looks like there is still time to build a shoebox online at Samaritan's Purse. And so there's Christmas is still around the corner. So if that's something you're interested in, it's a super easy way to bless a kid this Christmas yeah. um, just from the comfort of your own home. You just have to fill out a couple of things online and it'll make a huge difference for uh, a kid who doesn't isn't going to have um, as much this Christmas. So we definitely yeah. recommend that. It's so true. And with that, because you can do it online as a church, you can also have like a goal. So something the community can rally behind and keep tally as people are submitting their boxes and building them online. You can have uh, like either social media post or some sort of not a countdown, but a, a running tally of how many boxes people in your church community are making, and then you have a set goal. So let's just say by January 1st, see how many boxes you guys can build all together. And that's just really fun camaraderie building, even from a distance to see like even collectively, even if you're not meeting physically, collectively, everybody's working toward a grander goal and they can tangibly see that. Oh, I love that idea. 
It's super fun, super creative. And it's a way just to really enjoy the spirit of giving in a broader yes. way in your community. So I absolutely love that. Um, and with that, Christine, um, you know, as we've been talking about, as many people know, there have been restrictions placed on large gatherings. And so now we want to talk yes. a little bit about how you can really maximize small groups this Christmas and get them involved in uh, your community, in the spirit of generosity. And, and that's really all about celebrating the birth of Jesus, because yeah. as we show generosity, you know, needing the needs or giving gifts this Christmas, it's really to um, remember the greatest gift ever given, which was Jesus. <laughs> and so yes. when we do these practical acts of kindness and love, it's really um, demonstrating uh, the savior of the world. And so, um, so we just want to share a couple of ideas for small group activities. And so, you know, like we're saying with the limits on the size of social gatherings, if you really pour your time and effort into small groups um, to create community in this time when many are feeling alone and isolated, you'll have a really special impact. And so um, here are a few ways your groups can spend time together while doing Christmas themed activities. And so our first one that we'd like to mention is that your groups can send secret Santa gifts in the mail to one another so oh, that's fine <laughs> oh santa is one of just a traditional holiday uh classic just activity and so this is a super fun way to cultivate friendships in small groups while spreading the joy of christmas and social distancing so uh, we recommend having your small groups draw names or however you want to set that up for those who want to participate in a secret Santa gift exchange and then make a plan to uh, send each other presents in the mail. And maybe you want to do this where you live in a smaller community and you want to just drop off a present at somebody's house or if you want to have a social distance gathering and still give gifts in person, that's another great idea. But we also want to encourage you that the gifts don't need to be expensive. You can consider keeping them in a certain price range, like $10 to $15. And it's really just about, like I said, celebrating the gift of Jesus by giving gifts to one another. Um, and with this idea in mind, we, we also want to recommend to you um, potentially even having your small groups do a smaller Christmas drive for your local community. So you could... Just have, um, just gather, make a list of different gifts that you can get. Pray about it. Ask the Lord how you can impact, what neighborhood in your city can you impact and get your small groups assigned to a certain area and have them just drop off uh, Christmas gifts at uh, a neighbor's house. <laughs> yes. It's just such an incredible way that you can spread the love of Jesus this Christmas and you know, I was involved with a um, evangelistic ministry last year, and we did something really similar in our community. We had um, just everyone who wanted to drop off gifts at our, min our ministry center, just for kids of all ages. We labeled the gifts, you know, with a certain age range so that we'd know um, what was in the wrapped gift, who it would be appropriate for. And we had our community just come together and bring tons of gifts. And what was so cool about this was we actually encountered a family that had already gone Christmas shopping and they had all of their gifts in their van, Christine. And then somebody Aww. stole all of their gifts <laughs> out of their van. Yes. Ugh. 
Oh my gosh. It was so terrible. And, um, but the incredible thing is that God stepped in, um, the founder of our ministry, Andrew was actually out (laughs) and he was getting gifts for, um, just this Christmas drive. And a woman approached him and said, Hey, I just feel like the Lord is leading me to give you a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> and, and Andrew, no, wow. no way. We have a family that contacted us and they lost all of their Christmas gifts. And so while Andrew was out shopping, this lady gave him a couple hundred dollars and we were able to provide wow. the family with all of the gifts that were stolen from them. And so um, it's just amazing how God will bless our obedience to step out and just show love to one another this Christmas. And so, you know, we want to recommend to you, you don't have to um, spend a whole lot of money. You don't have to have a, a huge group together. You, even if it's just yourself as a leader or a pastor and getting just a couple of gifts, you know, God will take the little things that, that you have, and he will use that to make a huge difference in the lives of those around you. Um, and it'll, it'll amaze you. So we definitely recommend that you pray about how you can reach your community this Christmas. And, you know, maybe you you can have your small groups involved in a different kind of service service project together, like a Christmas drive, maybe putting on their own smaller food drive and blessing uh, your city this Christmas. You can get as creative as you want. (laughs) You can be innovative and um, you may be surprised at how God uses you to be a blessing. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And so coming from the small groups and talking about what Marielle was just saying with individual there was something my church had done for a good couple of years and we absolutely loved it and it was just intentional acts of kindness and everybody labels it something a little bit differently but it's one of those where you can purchase someone's coffee that's standing behind you or in the drive-through behind you and you have a business card that just says merry christmas from um such and such church we'd love to see you online or like here's how you can get connected and it's just those little intentional acts of kindness that's just like a little surprise for someone that's like oh you just bought my coffee and they will give the business card and you're like oh my gosh thank you so much and so there's so many different opportunities like that as an individual where you can just focus on one person or a couple of people and give back and be intentional that way I love that idea Christine um it was honestly so much fun and people because it was per individual everybody got so creative because of course everybody has their own individual burden too of what they want to see have changed or make an impact with. And so there's so many different ideas and so many different stories that happened from that, from like someone getting $200 and being able to pass that on to buying someone's coffee. And they were so shocked by it that they found a church community because of that cup of coffee, you know? Wow. That's so amazing, Christine. And that even just makes me remember that even if it's just you buying one person, one cup of coffee, imagine if a, you've got your whole church, you know, you've got a hundred people or a thousand people, whatever the number is, if you have each one of them just doing one small act of kindness, the impact is so huge. And it may seem like a small thing, but when someone gets that tangible act, just um, unconditional love in a gift, yeah. it can impact somebody. You have no idea what somebody is going through through. And um, even the smallest thing will make a huge difference. So I, I love that idea. 
Thank you. Yeah, it was so much fun. I have a lot of good memories from all of those uh, initiatives. So now everybody who's been listening, we gave you a lot of different ideas. Now let's talk about protecting you and your ministry when you are doing these kinds of events. So you definitely want to set up the proper protection for you and your ministry during whatever initiative you guys wind up doing. So with the various activities we've mentioned, there are certain precautions churches and ministries will want to take to make sure their organization and people who are participating are kept safe. Like that it's just such a priority, especially during COVID season, but even post COVID, how you wanna protect your ministry and your people is very important. One of the top things or one of the first things right up the top is security. So something very important to have at any event, especially when you're inviting people of the community and your church community, is you want to have a security team. The very nature of each event will vary, but the events working with children especially call for more precautions. And so you definitely want to have a security team on site to ensure each family's safety. It's also essential to have a security team for people who are needing extra protection. So people who tend to be disruptive or threatening have been known to attend larger events. So with a security team, they can dedicate their full attention to dealing with any sort of problematic or interrupting individuals that may need legal enforcement. And so they are also incredible for ensuring parking safety and managing uh, traffic flow. So if there is anything people who definitely get frustrated about is unnecessary traffic. So security is great for overall protection, but also just management of traffic flow, which is huge deal. Yes, it is. And even if it may seem like maybe you're, it's a little too much to do a security team, you know, you will be so thankful that you took the steps to protect um, those that God has placed in your care for your event. Um, it really is worth the effort. And so this leads us into our next recommendation, and that is having liability forms. So depending on the type of activity your church decides to host at their events, there will need to be policies and procedures in place to protect your church, your leadership, and those that you're serving. So one such example could be a bounce house, you know, with extra physical activities. This could result in injuries. And with these type of activities, you will want to have liability releases readily available for people to sign when they choose to participate. And so this also goes for volunteers going out into the community doing various kinds of work. You just really want to have these liability forms just so that they're protected, that the expectations are really clear because these could lead to different kind of legal complications. So there have been many cases where individuals have sued churches and ministries for injuries sustained during physical activities at um, uh, an event. So having policies and procedures to protect both parties and educate those who want to participate in the potential dangers 
is super, super vital to keeping everybody connected. So we also want to let you know that at Start Church, we are here to serve you. And we have something called the Policy Suite, which will be able to provide you a liability form so that you don't have to worry if you're getting all of the language right or if you're missing anything. We have this for you. And if you get the Policy Suite, you'll also gain access to over 50 policies and procedures that will help you lead and protect your organization in uh, numerous scenarios. So to learn more, head on over to startchurch.com. And so Christine, leading into our our next uh, aspect for how churches can protect their um, people during events, can you speak to background checks? Yes, this is honestly so important. Everybody listening for any volunteers or anybody you are having participate in the event that's kind of hosting it. So whether you've got a volunteer team, greeter team, collecting team, whatever team helping watch kids, you name it, the team that is helping with your event you will definitely want to run background checks. We cannot stress the importance of completing background checks. With events that have families and children, you want to ensure ultimate protection because it is necessary. We recommend having background checks for all volunteers who choose to participate in these events. And this protects the kids and families participating and the other volunteers who are helping with this event. So it's really just a big covering of protection over other volunteers, but also the people who are attending the event because you you're in a way stewarding the people and you're you're the shepherd and watching and caring for them all so you definitely want to offer them that extra level of protection especially especially when kids are involved and so at start church we also provide background templates so you'll want to check that out in our document suite which you can also find and get more information at startchurch.com in that important document and you can start using that uh, for your ministry today in addition to background checks and doing all the rest of your benevolence processes and what you are working through you also want to establish financial protections, not just physical, but also financial protection. When planning and hosting events, you will deal with various financial decisions and purchases. When dealing with many different factors such as that, it's important to have your church books in order. There may be a variety of charges coming through from various stores and vendors, any caterers, I mean, you name it. All of those expenses need to be recorded in your church books. You will also want to set a budget for any of those events that you're planning to do and keep record of all the spending and items purchased. And so that's just really important one for accountability since you are spending all of that and you want to know where your money is going and you wanna give each line item a name. Where did it go and what was it for? And um, you want to be held accountable for that. And you want to hold whoever's making those purchases accountable. And so you want to have that log in your budget and in your finances, in your report. So in case the IRS ever comes to look at your financials, you've got all those details there. So keeping track of all expenditures will not only help you stay on budget, 
but it will also help make sure funds are not misallocated or missing entirely, which I'm very unfortunate, but is a reality. You just wanna make sure those dollars do not go missing for no reason and that every dollar has a name. So for managing your books and keeping track of your finances, uh, I do want to give a big, huge shout out to our bookkeeping team, because first of all, they are just absolutely amazing. I love our bookkeeping team, and they are a full team of expert ministry-minded bookkeepers ready to help your ministry financially thrive. So there's bookkeepers, but then there's also bookkeepers that understand ministry, nonprofit bookkeeping, those special nuances that are required for that. And our team is just so amazing and so smart and they just know so many different things. <laughs> so true. They are an incredible team of amazing people. I know. I love them. <laughs> They're so wonderful. Well, Christine, you know, we've covered a lot of different ideas for today's podcast for how churches and ministries can reach their community this Christmas, as well as making sure that they're protecting um, their congregation and those who are involved in their events. And so, um, you know, for those of you listening, we want to encourage you to start taking steps and get creative this Christmas with how you can personally reach your local community. And we know that while it might be overwhelming to plan these events, they are such an incredible way to share the gospel with your community and even get new people involved with your church this Christmas. And, and we want to remind you, like how we were talking at the beginning, beginning of the podcast, that the harvest is ready, um, but the workers are few. You know, as you take steps to actively sow in your community, um, you will eventually reap a harvest of new relationships and new opportunities um, through which you can show the love of Jesus and see lives transform for the kingdom of God. So we want to encourage you to get started today and making a plan to reach the lost and make disciples through new and creative ways this holiday season. And I also just want to add in here that if you're looking to make an impact on your community long term, we want to let you know um, about something called a community development corporation. This is a great, uh, great thing to establish if you want to learn how to have a branch of your ministry that is, is reaching out into your, into your community that can receive funding that normally churches and ministries can't receive. Um, it's a really great way to impact your city long term. So if you want to learn more about that, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at Start Church. Visit startchurch.com for more information. And remember, if there is absolutely any way we can serve you, please let us know. We are here for you. We want to see the vision on your life come to pass, whatever it may be. It's not too hard for God. And so once again, Christine, I am so thankful that you're able to join us on the podcast today. Yay. Thank you so, so much for having me. It was such a great topic to go through. And I know it was a big one, but I really, really loved being able to ideate and hear all your input. And thank you for letting me be a part of it. It was a lot of fun. It was such a joy to have you. And to our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. And we look forward to you joining us again next week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and